I've got so much tonight. Ask Joseph to get me a chair. <laughs> I thought you would love that. No, I may or may not need it, but I do have a lot tonight. Some of it I may make mention of. So I pray that everyone has ears to hear. It's so good to see you tonight. You know, the Lord sees every effort we make. Every sacrifice. He sees, because I'm telling you, the kingdom of God takes pressing in. It comes, and then you press. You press in. Why? Well, we have flesh. It is not born again. We're in this world that has much resistance to everything we are reaching for. The enemy resists us. And um, there, there is a heart that you have to take on. I will not be denied. I will press in to know the Lord and apprehend his will for my life. It doesn't fall on you, as we say in the South, like ripe apples off a tree. Or if, if we're in Kenya, we would say ripe mangoes on the tree. Or whatever country you are in, it does take pressing in. Hello, everyone from Kenya who's watching. I send much love to you. I got some emails. Oh, Pastor Carla, we saw you and so forth. I want to continue tonight with the hearing seed. And I wasn't kidding. I have so much. I have too much. But I believe you have a heart that will lay hold of what I'm going to share. I did briefly share with you last week my testimony how some years ago I was staying at Brother Jerry's house and we were, I was all dressed and ready to leave for church in my room when, now there are all kinds of ways the Lord speaks to us, but the kind of voice that stops you dead in your tracks. I call, I say, that kind of speaking apprehends you. You're just arrested. And <clears throat> said so clearly, give him a hearing seed. And I was obedient, although I'd never heard of sowing a hearing seed. And in that service where he ministered, the Lord spoke two very significant things to me. I want to tell you as I was preparing this, I've realized, and I'd never thought this before, how significant our and I've never thought it before in relation to that, how significant our hearing is to the Lord. Your hearing is vitally important. I want you to receive that tonight. It's critical to the life of a believer. It's part of our knowing God, part of our communion with him. Our father is a speaking spirit, and he needs a hearing people. Now, let that stay with you the rest of your life. The Lord needs for us to hear. If his kingdom is coming, and if his will is to be done, his people need to hear. And I thought tonight I'd give you some synonyms for hearing, such as to listen is to hear. Now, a lot of people think they're hearing, but they're not listening. And there's a big difference. They call it hearing. I hear you. But see, hearing is more than just superficially hearing words. You know, a wife may say to her husband, are you listening to me? 
And he lays the paper down and says, sure, I've heard every word you said. Well, he, I know he didn't comprehend what she was saying. He wasn't listening to her heart. Another synonym is to perceive. These are synonyms for hearing. I'm not saying every day you're going to hear a booming voice uh, like I did that day when I heard give him a seed. It's not like that all the time. Hearing means to distinguish. We distinguish. Hearing from God is different than hearing from a man. Hallelujah. And it means to sense. Ladies, have you ever sensed anything? Women can be pretty good at that. I'm not a man, but I believe you men can be good at it too. To sense. To detect is hearing. To discover. To see. And to realize. Has something ever dawned on you? And you've realized something That is a form of hearing. And I shared last week, under every dispensation, God has wanted us to hear him. Under the patriarchs, he spoke to the fathers of families and he spoke to individuals, but he dealt one-on-one. And then when uh, Israel was set apart for the Lord, he dealt with one nation and one scripture And in Jeremiah 7, 23, I shared some last week from the old covenant, but Jeremiah 7, 23 makes it so plain. Obey my voice and I will be your God. Isn't that simple? Obey my voice and I will be your God. And then we come to the third dispensation. That's the dispensation we're in. The dispensation of the gospel or the dispensation of grace. God is dealing now. Once Jesus came and the gospel was delivered, he deals with man through the gospel. And in John 10, I want to reread this. It is so significant. I'm in the Amplified Bible for John 10, 3 through 5 this evening. It says the doorkeeper opens the gate for this man and the sheep hear his voice and pay attention to it. And knowing that they listen, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out to pasture. When he has brought all his own sheep outside, he walks on ahead of him of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice And recognize his call. They will never follow a stranger. Put your hand on your heart and say. I will never follow a stranger. We're never going to follow a stranger. But we'll run away from him. Because they do not know the voice of strangers. I I kind of meditated on that. And uh, you know I had the thought. Because I habitually listen to the truth. And I refuse to listen to lies. There are often, for example, I might be listening to something and I'll say, well, I know that's not true. What do I do? I just turn it off. Why? I'm not going to listen to any lies. I know a prayer that the Lord taught me years ago that is so tender in my heart that I've There have been times I've supplicated in this prayer with tears running down my face. I would be taken to a place in the spirit that where, and I would be praying this prayer that I prayed many times in my life. Lord, don't let me believe one lie. May there not be a single lie in my heart. May I not have one lie hidden in my heart. And how important that is. That's a prayer 
I don't know how many years ago the Lord, I was just praying one day that began to come out of me, even with tears, because it is so important if we're going to have hearing hearts that we have no lies in our hearts, no fraud in our hearts, no deception in our hearts. We keep our hearts filled with the truth. And last week, we looked at King Solomon in 1 Kings 3 when he went to Gibeon to make sacrifices. Churches' sacrifices were many and great, and they, my sister is calling me. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> uh, they were many and great. <laughs> That's the thing about an Apple Watch. Hallelujah, Tamara, I'm ministering, honey. I'll call you. I'll call you later. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> There's nowhere you can go from this modern technology. <laughs> so, um, God was impressed with Solomon's many and great sacrifices. And Solomon did this because he loved the Lord. The scripture says he loved the Lord. And the Lord gave him a dream that night. And in the dream, he said, what can I do for you? And we won't read the whole thing, but let's go to verse nine. Therefore, I'm talking, even relate this to hearing seed. He had sown great seed before the Lord, but Solomon himself named what he wanted that seed to produce. And he said in verse 9, Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? Church, he asked for a hearing heart. In other translations, this is translated as a hearing heart. And notice that um, he said to discern between good and evil. Do you know this we are to do constantly? We're never to be deceived by evil or overtaken by evil, but we're to discern between good and evil. Someone say amen. In the West, we have a passive understanding of hearing that is inaccurate. In the West, we think of hearing as sitting and listening. But in the East, in the Hebrew thinking, in the Hebrew mind, hearing is active. It means we hear to obey. And if you're not going to be obedient, the hearing is not granted to you. You have to have an obedient heart, a submitted heart, a dedicated heart. And when your heart is right, levels of hearing are given to you that are not given even to other fellow Christians. So when you submit, dedicate and surrender your heart and say, Father, I want to hear from heaven. This, these are good prayers to pray. Pray them as often as they come up in your heart. I want to hear from heaven. I need to hear from heaven, Father. And I will obey. Whatever you reveal to me, whatever you say to me, I will obey you. Hallelujah. And so this is very key to having a hearing heart. Solomon asked for a hearing heart so that he could obey the Lord. And then understand this, you're given a hearing heart to discern between good and evil. Church, this doesn't mean that we go around and we've got everybody and everything under a magnifying glass looking for evil. That's not a right heart. But what it does mean is, <clears throat> popular opinion, in fact, the majority of the people may say that they believe one thing or another. 
And in fact, we're experiencing that in our generation. I've never been so shocked to find out that people believe there are more than two genders. I find the absurdity of that. Just listen, you don't even want to get me started on that. We're real simple in Africa. When a baby's born, there's a brief look and it's decided. This is a male or this is a female. It's very simple, very straightforward and uncomplicated. Hallelujah. This is not complicated. And they're asking us to believe that men can get pregnant. Even there's an emoji now of a pregnant man. So what this means is discerning this. Do you want a hearing heart? You're given a hearing heart to discern between good and evil. This is one of the purposes of having a hearing heart and to have for God to grant you a hearing heart. You always are seeking to recognize the good, the will of God, the truth. This is why we have a hearing heart. Let me say this. God's word never changes. Popular opinion may change, but we discern between what agrees with God's word and what does not agree with God's word. Let me say this. The God's word is intangible. And the only way you can apprehend God's word for yourself. You can't do it with your hand. You can't use an instrument to do it. The only way you can apprehend the will of God is to receive it into your heart. Your heart is what receives the will of God. And to do for that to work, you have to be able to discern between good and evil. And last week I, or the week before, I began giving you some keys for having a hearing heart. One was always tell the truth. And I won't go in to how the Lord revealed that to me. But it's the key to everything in the spirit. God only works with truth. In fact, John sixteen thirteen says, however, when he The spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. So God only deals with truth. We are to be people of truth. May I hear an amen. So we... Uh, I just told you the prayer that I prayed so many times. Lord, don't let there be one lie in my heart. Don't let me believe anything false or uh, anything that is in opposition to you. So when we find out we believe something that's not true, what do we do? We repent. That means we turn from it And we turn to God. We turn to the spirit of truth. So I say this because all of us, we go through measures of deliverance. If you want to have a hearing heart, repent of duplicity. Repent of fraud. I don't know why these words came up today. I know it's no one in here, but maybe someone watching by satellite or however needs to hear this. I know no one here needs to hear it. But there is the, it is important that we live in the light and in the spirit of truth. And so we repent of fraud, deception, anything like that, lying, uh, pretending, anything like that. And we dedicate our lives to the truth. Hallelujah. And tonight I want to deal with you, deal with you, speak of, (laughs) I'm dealing with you. (laughs) Speak, he's dealing with all of us. The second thing I want to share with you is critical to have a hearing heart. One, always stay in the truth. 
to stay in the word of God. This is what I want to share with you tonight. The primary way God reveals himself to us is through his written word. His word is his will. And it's essential for one who desires a hearing heart to know God's will through his revealed word. The will of God will never contradict the word of God. I know sometimes I've dealt with young girls who want to get married and start having their children and so forth. And so I asked them, well, is this young man born again? Well, no, he's not born again, but he's agreed to come to church with me. And I take them to the word about being unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. And, you know, I, I've gone through that a number of times with people. And when God says, don't be yoked together with an unbeliever, he's not going to lead you to marry an unbeliever. May I hear an amen? God's will for our lives does never contradicts God's word for our lives. Hallelujah. So this, this is very important for us as believers. I go to the word every single day expecting to hear from God. This is how I commune with him. I don't read the word out of obligation. Or this is the Bible reading for today. And I need to do it. I've got to do it. You know, Nikki may ask me if I've read the Bible reading for the day and I want to be able to say, yes, I've read the Bible reading. All of these, you know, are wrong motives. We go to the word of God because we're going to encounter God in the word. We go, I I had to develop in this because I like to study and so forth. I went through a phase where I was kind of clinical. I don't know how else to put it about the word. I, I wasn't having the communion that I needed to have. And I know what the Lord told me, put down pen, paper. I'm not telling you to do, do that. Don't do that. Because sometimes I do get a thought and I rush over and write that thought down. But I, I just walk the floor and read the Bible just to commune. Read it out loud. Just to have fellowship. Lord, I'm not here to ask you for anything. I love you. I need fellowship with you. Take yourself out of boxes and come into communion with the Lord in his written word. He loves you. He loves for you to draw near to him. In his written word. And just telling Lord I love you. I know you're going to speak to me tonight. I ask you to to reveal your heart to me. I mean so many things happen. When we get in the word of God. God uses his word. To build divine structures in us. His material is his word. His Construction foreman is the Holy Spirit. And you authorize the Holy Spirit to do whatever he needs to do in your heart to build the kingdom of God in you. Please read all of Mark 4. If we had time, I would read the whole thing to you. It's about the different kinds of heart. You know, the wayside heart. The stony heart, the wayside heart probably is not born again. It's so hard. The word just bounces off of it. Not interested, doesn't want to hear, doesn't want anything to do with the word of God. And then you've got stony ground. And church, I believe that reflects some believers who they come to church, but my goodness, their life is full of offenses and They're angry and they're bitter and they find fault with everything. And, you know, they, they just, uh, they're very 
difficult. I mean, God uses such people to train us to love everybody, (laughs) everybody, if you get my meaning. Uh, But, you know, they, they just have serious issues on many levels in their heart. It's stony. It's not producing anything, really. And then... Uh, You have the uh, thorny ground. Oh, this person is so busy. They've got so many issues in their life. And uh, the word does produce a little bit, but then you've got these issues that come up and it chokes out the word and doesn't produce. And then there is the good ground where you've allowed the Lord to deliver you. Not saying... We never have another issue, but you've been through major attitude changes, major repentance. Am I the only one that knows what I'm talking about? And, and you've submitted and you've resubmitted and, and you no longer blame others for anything. You begin to take responsibility for your own life and you love the word of God and you're obedient to the word of God and you've devoted your life to the Lord. And on that ground, verse eight says, uh, crop springs up some 30, some 60 and some even a hundred fold. And verse nine says, he who has ears to hear. Let him hear. Because this is how the kingdom of God works. This is how the kingdom of God works. Church, you hear with your heart. The way we apprehend the word of God personally is that it's, you know, I can't, I've got ears, but I can only hear what God grants me to hear. Otherwise, it just flies right past. You know, we're among the company. God spoke to the prophet and everybody else said it thundered. You can't hear. It is the Holy Spirit who grants you hearing and you hear with your heart. Can someone say amen? Verse 9 is very significant. He Who has ears to hear? Not everybody has ears to hear. You have ears, but you've not been granted hearing because of the condition of your heart. It's all about the heart. We apprehend the word of God with our hearts. And the Holy Spirit will send the word of God to the one who has this relationship with Jesus that, I mean, he can deal with you. He can deliver you. He can correct you. He, he has a relationship with you. But verse 10, when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable because none of them understood it. And he said to them, to you, It has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom, but to those who are outside, all things become parables so that seeing they see, but do not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they turn and their sins be forgiven. In other words, these are those who are willfully disobedient. They want the fruit of the word without being committed. To the word. And so. Verse. Then go to verse 24. And 25. If we had time. We would just go line by line. But now this is to us. Consider. Carefully. What you hear. He continued. Jesus speaking. With the measure you use. It will be measured to you. What is that? Hearing will be measured to you. Hearing is measured to you by the measure you hear. Yeah, by the measure you 
covet. See, we're to covet spiritual things. By the measure you covet to hear and you yield your heart to the dealings of God, increasing measures of hearing are given to you. Consider carefully what you hear. Do you know there are things I don't listen to that I even might enjoy that I don't listen to? Why? Because I I consider the measure of what I listen to that is not related to the Word of God. Y'all, I do watch some news. I've lived so long in Britain, in uh, Kenya, I got introduced to BBC Mysteries. I love them. And so I like Miss Marple. And I like uh, Father Brown. And I like Sister Boniface. And we've got these little, I, I do enjoy them, but I measure out how much time I spend listening to them. Are you with me? Yes. See, you, you determine the measure of your hearing. Consider carefully what you hear. I mean, to me, Guys, I'm for you, not against you, but the thought of spending all day watching football or baseball or, I mean, I mean, I guess I used to do similar things at one time, but I I can't even imagine that today. Are you with me? Consider carefully what you hear with the measure you use. Everyone say, I determine the measure of my hearing. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Please don't think I'm trying to limit your enjoyment of life. I think you should watch a movie if you, if it's a decent movie and you and your wife want to watch it, watch that movie. But Day after day after day after day and hour after hour after hour. The Lord wants you to enjoy your life, but you've got to look at your measure. Because of, yes, of what you're taking into your heart. You do not want to neglect God's word. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. You've, you've activated the measure. You've, you're in the word. You're receiving the word of God. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away. I mean, there's so much there. And they could not understand anything Jesus was saying to them. But the key is in verse 14 of uh, Mark 4. The sower sows the word. This is what we want sown into our hearts. And once the word is sown in our hearts, we're obedient to it. Obedience is our response to the word, to any instructions God gives us. And Romans 10 and verse 17 is another very primary scripture. And it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Your hearing comes by the word. Little word, little hearing. More word, more hearing. Church, are you with me? We determine the measure of our hearing. Well, it's up to the Lord, I guess, if if I hear anything. Sister so-and-so hears, but that's up to the Lord. He, he, he's the one who causes her to hear. No, sister so-and-so determines the measure. We determine the measure. How 
does my hearing come? Well, Romans ten seventeen says very clearly, by the word of God. Church, we need to make a commitment to the word. Not in the technical sense. Yes, I get in the word every day. I mean, I've been through all of these phases. I'm, I'm old enough. I've been through the phases. I speak from experience. You know, I know what it's like to be really busy and you feel guilty. You haven't been in the word like you know you should. And, and it, it can lose its joy. You lose the joy of, and the, uh, personal relationship with God through the word, but make a personal commitment to be in the word and spend some time before you're in the word. Lord, I love you. And I've come to be with you. I, I want to hear from you. I just bring you my heart. I mean, you prayer, prayer, you pray prayers of love and dedication to him. What does that do? It opens your heart to him. And you come in a love relationship. In an intimate love. Nobody, ain't nobody loves you like the Lord loves you, church. Nobody. Not that man or that woman. Try as we might. We can't love you like the Lord loves you. This is your most intimate relationship. Your personal fruitfulness is determined by your hearing and doing the word. John 4.34 in the Amplified Bible, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to completely finish his work. You know, that that scripture, we need that scripture in our hearts, that it is our meat, it is our drink, it's our food to do the will of God and to finish the work he's given us to do. But church, that won't happen if you can't hear. If you don't have the word in your heart, if the word's not leading you and revealing the will of God to you. As a believer, you can have a hard heart. Even as a believer, we can have areas of hardness of heart. We can have a bitter heart, a stubborn heart, an offended heart, an angry heart, a deceived heart, a disobedient heart. And we're supposed to be believers, and we are believers. We could go on and on. Or we can have a hearing heart, a teachable heart, a pure heart, a yielded heart, a loving heart, an obedient heart, a forgiving heart. It just depends upon the decisions that we make. Church, may I hear an amen amen to that? So, Be in the word of God. And then the third thing, but this is number two for tonight, but it's the third thing that I want to share with you is practice the vitalness of practicing Thanksgiving. I'm talking about to have a hearing heart. How vital it is. To practice Thanksgiving. Church, if you don't practice Thanksgiving, I mean, as a commitment, as a spiritual discipline, as not an occasional thing that perhaps on Sunday you give thanks to God, no. But if you don't practice Thanksgiving, I'll tell you what you'll have. You'll have a divided heart. Psalm 86 and verse 11 says, Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. Many believers' hearts are fragmented. Listen to it in the NIV. Teach me your way, Lord. That I may rely on your faithfulness. I mean, how many of us know we can't always rely on ourselves? 
How many of us know we can't always rely on others? People will disappoint you and let you down. But teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. So in part of our heart, we're believing God. In part of our heart, there there may be certain things that we're thankful for. But if we're going to hear from God, church, we need a uh, an undivided heart. It 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 hinders our hearing when our heart's divided. It hinders our hearing, for example, when we just can't stand our mother-in-law. It hinders our hearing if we just can't stand our husband's brother or any other uh, relationship like that. What is that when you carry offense and uh, you carry, um, what am I trying to say, anger, hurt, uh, bitterness, you blame them, so on and so forth. How many of you have ever dealt with anything like that? I have to put my hand up. Yes. But I'm telling you what that does. It divides your heart. David prayed, unite my heart, O God. Teach me to fear your name, that that I would not go around with a uh, a heart that is divided. A heart that is believing God, walking with God in one area, and then in another area, I'm bitter, I'm angry. I don't like that person. Well, guys, whether I like or don't like a person, I, I need to have the understanding. I cannot take that in my heart. I'm called to love that person. I may not like all their ways, but I'm called to believe the best for them and do the right thing for them. Are you with me, church? We, do, we cannot afford. Do you want a hearing heart? Then you cannot have a divided heart. This is so important for us to know and walk in the will of God. If we're going to hear God, we need an undivided heart in the days ahead. Because we're, church, we're truly in the time of hearing of wars and rumors of wars and financial catastrophe looming. You know, the American dollar is really under attack. So many things going forth, food shortages, chip shortages, all kinds, the nation's in turmoil. We look at Ukraine today, how my heart goes out to that nation. I mean, you just walk the floor and pray for them. And my heart goes out to Russia. I've seen some soldiers crying and holding their head in their hands. We, we, we don't want to be a part of this. We're invading a peaceful nation. But I'm telling you, talk about a brutal military and treat their, their own men with great brutality. That's the Russian military. They're very brutal to those guys. My heart goes out to Russia. Church, we can't afford to have a divided heart. May God unite our hearts that we may glorify. Isn't that, we've been through so many things in Kenya, civil, just types of a civil war uh, brought to our knees of just look like the nation could not stand. There'd be days you could not leave your house, we would run out of food, just all kinds of things. Uh, You have to trust God. Lord, help me keep my heart focused on you, focused on your word, focused on your love. Give us wisdom to pray, but you cannot let your heart 
be divided. Church, may I hear an amen. How can we face the days ahead with courage and faith? We're the people of God. Who else does God have on the earth to face the days ahead, walking in the spirit, hearing from God, responding by the spirit? Who else does he have in the earth to work with? Church, he's got us. So we want to face the days ahead with faith, with courage, with love. And uh, to do that, we have to be people who practice thanksgiving on purpose, in the midst of the problem, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the brokenness. Thanksgiving is a powerful spiritual force, and it will keep you on track. It's the glue that keeps your heart together. Because we're going to face circumstances and situations where where we could fear, where, where we could be angry, where we could point just like that so vehemently. Are you with me? We're facing days like that. In fact, I believe we're in them. Thankfulness comes from the hand of God. Let me tell you the root of, uh, let, me, let's, let me talk a little bit about this thank, word thankfulness. The word is yada for thankfulness, Y-A-D-A-H. And it comes from the root word, Y-U-D, yud, Y-U-D, yud. And the word yud means hand, arm, work, and actions. If I only look at what the enemy is doing, I won't be thankful. I'll be low, hopeless, and depressed. But in the midst of a situation, I'm just praying, church, I get this out. So that you can see it. It, Right in the middle of a bad situation, a painful situation, a situation even where there is desperation. I trust in the hand of the Lord. Remember, thankfulness comes from the root word hand. Which hand do I perceive? In the midst of a situation. Do I perceive the hand of the enemy? The work of the enemy? His work is stealing, killing, and destroying. I may see the stealing, killing, and destroying. But the reason I give thanksgiving is I know wherever I go... God is there, and I see his hand. Not that he caused the situation. The hand of the enemy caused the situation. But I'm going to practice thanksgiving because I perceive the hand of the Lord in that situation. I perceive his work in that situation. I give him glory. I give him honor. I'm thankful the enemy, his hand, is stealing, killing, and destroying. Those are his works. But yada means I see that work, but I celebrate the work of the Lord, the hand of the Lord, in the midst of the situation. I know the enemy steals, kills, and destroys, but Jesus came that we might have life and that more abundantly. Do you know that does not change in difficult times? The word does not, did we agree the word does not change? So the word does not change in difficult times. 
And the reason I practice thanksgiving and I lift up my hand and I begin the day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, send now prosperity. Is I don't care what happens during the day. I'm recognizing the hand of the Lord. That's Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Did that say anything to you? Because it's almost like I want to pray in tongues uh, to get this out. I know bad things happen. And I know we're facing all kinds of challenges in this hour. But I'm thankful and I practice Thanksgiving because I know the hand of the Lord is with me. I know the hand of the Lord is with you. I know the hand of the Lord is with his people. And when we lift up our hands and begin to say, Lord God, I bless you. I praise you. I'm so thankful to you. I give you glory. I give you honor. I give you thanksgiving. Great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. There is none to compare with you, none beside you, none before you. You are great. You and you alone are great. Church, it changes things. That has the power to bring defeat to the enemy. So I trust in the hand of the Lord in the midst of chaos. And I'll be thankful that I have life and that more abundantly. It's so vital for the sake of our hearing that we practice thanksgiving. Otherwise, our heart will be divided. Yes, I know God said. Yes, I know he said, but. But this is happening. And that is happening. Church, what is that? It's a divided heart. And we need to pray, Lord, unite our hearts to fear thy name. Not fear the devil. Not fear Vladimir Putin. Are you with me? And all that, yes, it's it's in the word that it's coming upon the earth. But the people of God... We practice thanksgiving and lift up our hearts before him. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 18. Such a marvelous scripture. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is the NIV. You guys are so good back there. Thank you so much. Um, give thanks in all circumstances. Church, do you see that it says that? In all, why? When, when you get a phone call and something bad has happened, what is the first thing you should do? Rise up and give thanks so that your heart is not divided. See, we say we fear God, we're, we believe God, but then we get that phone call and everything flies apart. But if when we get that phone call, we'll take a few moments and practice thanksgiving, what will happen? Our heart will stay united with the heart of God. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> I love the Amplified. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances. Do you see that up there? No matter what the Everyone say that. No matter what the circumstances, be thankful. And continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Danny, 
Deborah, so important for you all to be leading us in songs of thanksgiving. In this hour, more than ever before. So important that congregationally, we are singing songs of thanksgiving to the Lord. It'll take us to a place in the spirit that you can't get any other way. Can't, can't get there no matter how good the song is. There are just places in the spirit you can't go without thanksgiving. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. A thankful spirit is a strong spirit. When we're going through trying difficult times, it's more important to practice thanksgiving than ever before. Psalm 124, and I'm closing. Psalm 124. Is a song of a psalm or song of ascent. We know that to ascend means you're going upwards. And in the Christian thinking, we're ascending, of course, to God. And so Psalm 124 is a psalm of ascent. And in 1582... A Scottish minister had been imprisoned, and one day he was released. His name was John Drewy, D-R-U-I-E, John Drewy. About 200 of his friends met him at the prison gates, and they began walking up the high street, the main street there. And they were being joined by others. And pretty soon there was a crowd of 2,000 people rejoicing that he had been released from prison. Let's read Psalm 124. Let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side... Now, Israel may say, go forward. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they would have quickly swallowed us up alive when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters would have overwhelmed us and swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then the proud waters would have gone over us. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We are like a bird escaped from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And they walked and they sang that in harmony up and down the streets of Scotland the day John Drury was released. If it had not been for the Lord. If it had not been for the Lord, church. If it had not been for the Lord, but we have the Lord. And so we practice Thanksgiving, just like they practice Thanksgiving up and down the streets of Scotland, giving praise and honor to the Lord. Church, I'll tell you, our soul has already escaped from the snare of the fowler. We're already the redeemed of the Lord. We just need to say so. We're the redeemed of the Lord. We've already escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Our thanksgiving, practicing it every day, maybe multiple times a day, is a powerful spiritual weapon against the forces of the enemy. Nehemiah 8.10 
the latter part of it. You know it very well. It said, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And in the Amplified, it says, and do not be worried. Everyone, let's say that. Put your hand on your heart and say, and do not be worried. Do not be worried for the joy of the Lord is your strength and stronghold. Joy, thanksgiving, rejoicing, blessing the name of the Lord is our strength and our stronghold. No matter what comes upon the earth, we rejoice, we offer thanks, we acknowledge God. In the Hebrew mind, even before... You offer thanksgiving. You have to do one thing before you offer thanksgiving. And that is you must acknowledge that God is good. Before you say thank you, Lord. In the Hebrew thinking, it's not real thanksgiving. If you haven't acknowledged in your heart that God is good. And because I acknowledge in my heart that God is good, I can step forward and lift up my hands and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You have answers I need to hear. And I know you'll cause my heart to hear what you're saying from heaven to me. Hallelujah. So we, first of all, we acknowledge, hey, hey, our God is a good God. And out of that acknowledgement, we offer thanksgiving. Church, thanksgiving is a door, the door to the presence of God. That's why it says in Psalm 100, see, it's an ascent. It's an ascension. Enter his gates with Thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Yes, there's an order, a supernatural order that he puts in our hearts. Creates a bond of intimacy. Creates a bond of certainty. My God is good. And because he's good, I I will offer sacrifices of thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verses 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Let's say this together. Rejoice. Oh, we don't. There we go. Let's see. Well, let me say it. I I think this is New King James. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. All circumstances. All circumstances. How can you be depressed if you're giving thanksgiving in all circumstances? What used to put you in bed and you pull the covers over your head. Those days will be long gone. Why? Because God uses thanksgiving to build supernatural structures, spiritual structures on the inside of you that enable you to be strong. What come what may. Church, learn to give thanks. Let me just read some things I wrote down. Learn to give thanks in all things at all times. In every situation. Give thanks in spite of everything happening around us. Because thanksgiving honors God. Now we, pastor's been talking about honor. I love honor. Studied honor. I tell you, you can't even love without honor. You can't love what you don't honor. It's impossible to love when you despise something. It's, it, it's impossible. I mean, honor is the root. 
But thanksgiving honors God. It causes him to shine in every situation. I don't care what the enemy does. When you offer thanksgiving, it causes the glory of God to come. It causes the presence of God to come. Uh, Thanksgiving opens the door for God's presence to come forth. A thankful heart is a door, an entrance, and a gate to a hearing heart. A thankful heart is a gate to a hearing heart. The chaos is stilled when you begin to offer thanksgiving and your heart is opened. Thanksgiving opens your heart to hear from God. Hallelujah. Did you get anything tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just stand up and give the Lord thanksgiving. Could each one of you please lift up your hands and begin to bless the Lord. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you that you are good and your mercy endures forever. The Lord God is good. Oh, we praise you and we bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for your presence with us tonight. Thank you for releasing the spirit of hearing into this congregation. Thank you, Father. Unite our hearts to fear your name, we pray. In the name of Jesus. Father, bless your people with hearing hearts in Jesus name. Amen. Give the Lord glory.